Star Wars fans and Rule of the Galaxy fans, welcome back to another edition of the Rule of the Galaxy podcast. It is Joe, finally, back in the pilot seat. I've been missing everybody. I've been away quite a bit with work and travel and all that, but um, <clears throat> we are here. We're ready to start a new episode, episode number 178, I believe, episode 178 of the Rule of the Galaxy podcast, and tonight we've got a special guest who, you know what, I was lucky enough to meet this young man through my son and uh, through the racing in the racing world, uh, and then to find out that he's a huge Star Wars fan. So tonight's special guest, Mr. Jack Carvey. Jack, how are you, sir? Doing well. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks so much. I, I know uh, I've been bugging you and checking in with you to see if you could hop on, and, and I really appreciate you doing this because, uh, you know, we met back in uh, May, I believe. Gosh, it's been that long uh at, at the 500 at the track and um my wife Having and I, burgers yes grilling. <laughs> that's right I had grilling in the in the parking lot there um my wife and i you know we've got the jack harvey shirt now we're we we uh, uh we sport you know support you when you're out there racing and thank you um for everybody who doesn't know jack is um a driver for the ray hall letterman lanigan racing team the high v team correct the high v car yep yeah, there we go. And uh, one thing I love about it, Jack, every time we're watching you out on the track, it's that black and red car. It looks like you're a Sith. So <laughs> I don't know if that was planned or it just worked out well with the color scheme, but it you definitely worked out well. <laughs> it did. It did. Um, so and when I saw the livery for the first time, I was like, oh, stealthy. That looks kind of kind of reminded me of Carlo Ren's helmet a bit. One hundred percent. Yes, that's that's where so, I was uh, going. Cool. Yeah. So. One of the first things I wanted to talk to you about was the helmet that you had <clears throat> during the 500 weekend that you unveiled when I believe Kenobi was <laughs> coming out all that time ago. Yep. Uh, how did that all come to fruition? How did you get that all set up for your helmet to have Anakin, Obi-Wan, the clashing sabers, all that? Well, I mean, for the 500, always try and do something kind of unique and special and uh, you know, every 500 helmet that I've had has had a unique feature of it. And to be honest, I, I just remember looking at one time, seeing when Kenobi was coming out, and then I saw the time on it, and I was like, wait, that's that's like either right before, like, I think it was literally like the Wednesday or the Thursday before yeah. the Indy 500s. So I was like, oh, man, this could be like, this could be awesome because, you know, for anyone who would know me or even follow my channels for a little bit, it's not long before Star Wars is normally crowbarred either into conversation or, you know, my timeline feed. <clears throat> so I called, uh, his name's Brian, he helps me with all my social media. And I was like, hey, I've had, the, I've had an idea. Here's what it is. And he was like, man, I love it because he's a big Star Wars fan as well. So I didn't think it'd take any, any convincing and, 
it's one of them things where I think, you know, if it had happened at another time, right. you know, it might not have made sense. But the fact that obviously I'm a huge Star Wars fan, I was doing the Indy 500, Kenobi series was coming out, and I feel like there's been so much hype, like particularly around that series and how long people have wanted it and kind of just the direction of Star Wars is globally heading. Sure. I was like, wow, if we don't do it now, <laughs> the chances of doing the Indy 500 without a Star Wars helmet just probably never going to happen um so we actually reached out to some people at disney and we're like hey like this is the idea we've had like we want to do it um and we got limited traction i'll be honest with you it wasn't like they were like oh yeah you know really crack on they didn't exactly say no well they certainly didn't say no but they didn't really give us any ideas so then in terms of you know obviously trying to predict what we thought the show might be about and we saw some right. of the photos that had been leaked kind of felt like it was a safe bet to use you know one of the pit well basically two of the photos that they actually um that they had published in terms of in the run-up to the uh, show so then we had you know basically what and what i came up with the idea of like a light side and a dark mm-hmm. side and then obviously just had the appropriate things scattered everywhere and and then I called my helmet painter and was like, hey, I got a, I got a fun project for you to work on. And uh, I mean, he spent so much time on it, knowing that I was a fan. And I guess to me, what I thought was cool about it was, you know, every aspect of the helmet has. It's very organic in the sense of the way they did my name, you know, I, the family, uh, my parents, family logo that's been on the mm-hmm. top of all my helmets. You know, we transcribed all them things into Arabic and it just it just fit and felt right so that if you aren't a star wars fan you could look at it and still be like wow i really appreciate the you know artistry in it and the design and stuff and if you're a star wars fan and you're a proper fan you'll look at it and go oh my god like these these tidbits all around the helmet so that was just awesome i just i was happy that the team didn't push back on anything we still had all the sponsors on where they were meant to be and stuff like that Uh, but i think in that moment I think that's the highest performing post that we had on the year across Instagram and Twitter and things like that. I mean, people just seem to like the idea of it. And again, the timing of it was perfect. And sure. yeah, it was cool. No, it was, it was great. And, and I tell you what, one of the other things that really got me was, um, <laughs> you know, my, my brother-in-law is in the racing world and his son is at seven or eight years old racing all over the country. But well, I was at one of his birthday parties and I go into his house and my brother-in-law used to work with Marco Andretti's team. And he shows cool. me this, he shows me this <clears throat> indie car that's got the Phantom Menace uh, logos on yeah. it. Yeah, and yeah. I, I took a picture and posted it out there. Well, sure enough, my son, Joey, then tells me, oh, Jack tracked that down. He, he went and got one of those because yeah. of, of that. So <laughs> that car was I awesome. I still haven't found one. Yeah. I don't know where you found it. So I'm not even sure, to be honest with you. I wish, you know. <laughs> I, I wish I'd gone. So I actually, so our apartment is kind of, it's not as big as we'd like it to be. Like we need more space. And uh, apparently I don't, it clearly, this doesn't happen in your apartment or your house from what I'm seeing, because you have a whole wall of Star Wars related things in there. Yeah. It's apparently a little bit of an eyesore, which I've been told. So anyway, I've got yeah. some bits scattered, scattered around that I can try and fit in where I can. Uh, so after you posted that, I was like, oh, I'm going to try and find, I'm going to try and find it. Right. And anyway, I found one. It got, I got going. Uh, I can't remember where I found it. 
and then I got uh, Marco to sign it uh. as well. So I was pretty, I was pretty chuffed about that because I went on a bit of a kick there, <laughs> and I basically found any time that like Star Wars has been on like a mm-hmm. NASCAR or an IndyCar, I basically just bought one. <laughs> uh, that's that's good for you. I'm I'm glad you you found that. Uh, I, I, I'm still bother, bothering my brother-in-law to see if I can steal that one away from him, but, uh, yeah, yeah I thought just, it was just, really cool. So, yeah, that, that, I have said that that was a, they, they were cool. And I've got a, uh, I, I, I told Joe about it ages ago. I've got a, a one of the NASCAR diecasts for him, mm-hmm. like start in Star Wars livery and whatnot. And yeah, it's just, I think it's, it's kind of funny that, you know, where you find common ground with 100%. people in a, in a whole variety of you know careers and you know different forms of life but then you know i tell people all the time i'm just a completely regular guy you know i go to the <laughs> track and I'm, I'm i'm grateful to be able to do that in sure. the same breath like you know i do watch everything when it comes out as soon as i get up in the morning so i really enjoyed the tales of the jedi i oh. thought that was super good um endor honestly that is one of the best pieces of star wars that i've ever seen i just don't know how more people aren't watching it me either i i don't get it i i you know what this is going to backtrack into what i was going to ask you because you're the same age as joey both born in 1993 um so i know watching him the phantom menace came out when he was six right the the yeah. of the clones at nine revenge of the sith at yeah. 12 so you fell into that that same age and realm is that when you got involved and in, in like Star Wars and then followed up with the Clone Wars after that? or It was actually ever so slightly before The Phantom Menace came out. Uh, my uncle uh, was a huge Star Wars fan. I don't really know if he like still is and if he's kept up with it or not, mm-hmm. but he was actually the first one to introduce me to it. So I still did watch the originals okay. first, uh, which I remember plain as day go into the movie theater and watching phantom menace and then obviously all the movies after that um but my first experience to star wars still was the originals um which still feels nostalgic to me and i also was kind of when when like the phantom menace came out and attack of the clones I, i just thought they were great movies like they didn't they didn't irritate me in the same way that they did have other people until I've been a little bit older, gone back and watched them and been like, oh, yeah, there are aspects of them that I kind of, I, <laughs> I, I, I love them and I still do in general. Um, my only, my big gripe really was, I wish they would like, and I know he comes under a lot of heat for this. I'm not trying to just like, you know, push it on. But if, if Jar Jar wasn't, if, if he wasn't understandable, yeah, it wouldn't have mattered to me then. And I've watched uh, I've watched them all back, where basically they play over his part in just a an alien language, and it made the whole experience so much better. And really? then they just put subtitles over it, and I was like, "Yes, like that to me, like changed the game a bit." Um, and I think you know, in all fairness, and I watch I go back and read a lot of the stuff that George Lucas has said, and. You know, I think, although I think Disney done a great job expanding that universe, you know, if you've ever read any of the Star Wars books of Legends and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I mean, that is a very expanded universe. I mean, although people see the, the movies, if you actually dive into it, you know, there is a, a huge amount of, like, content that's there. Yeah. And I think 
when they started plugging in some of these holes with books or the comic books or not so much the you know video games i think they kind of just create them to be a fun experience but there's a lot more links to these things than people know if you just watch the movies which i think the movies have always just been you know great storytelling but in terms of connecting dots through yeah. you know books and things like that as well i think has been has been really cool but um I, I have to say I have really enjoyed Endor. Uh, I loved, obviously, The Mandalorian. I mean, it's on my it, shirt. Yeah, you're wearing um, it right there. You know, but I, I thought, uh, I thought Boba would have been a snidge better. Yeah. Honestly, I like. Don't you? Know, I really as, as liked. I. I liked seeing him, you know, with the Tusken Raiders, and I thought that really, you know, not humanized them, but gave them like more depth of. Uh, species yeah culture yeah. i guess <laughs> um whatever the appropriate thing to say there is i thought that was cool and it had like this slow tempo and then out of nowhere just like skyrocketed but then it didn't do it with like yeah substance i guess well i i think you know um disney is is trying they're they're you know boba fett at one point in time was supposed to be a movie they couldn't put that together so they said let's let's flesh out this story obi-wan was originally supposed to be one to three movies you know and they said well we can't put that together let's let's flesh this out this way right so sure. I, I think when they played with those things enough sometimes there's some really good parts of them other times it's like uh that wasn't a list right that wasn't a quality but it was it was still good i mean i tell people all the time anytime you can get ewan mcgregor and hayden christensen on screen i'm in i'll, I'll go watch that no matter what so uh, but yeah, but going back, because I derailed you, Andor, <laughs> Andor, I think you're exactly right. Um, Joey and I have this discussion all the time. He's like, Dad, it's really too slow for me. I'm not, not oh. grasping it. And I'm going, I think it's some of the best storytelling, some of the best acting. That, yeah. you know, and, and they make it feel so real world, right? Like, I, yeah. I, I appreciate the, the volume thing that they film Mandalorian and Boba Fett in, but I really appreciate what I feel like is kind of a real world feel of Andor. Um, and then Tales, I, of the I Je agree. Tales of the Jedi, I'll go back to that with you as well. Um, I didn't watch the Clone Wars when they initially came out. I was busy. Mm -hmm. I was chasing kids. I was working. <laughs> uh, and then when, when, you know, Netflix all of a sudden they're, they're on there. I'm like, well, heck, I, I got it right in front of me. I can watch them all. I became a huge fan of the Clone Wars and everything related to them. And then, yeah. and then to see not only season seven with the Siege of Mandalore and all that, but then to follow it up with these tales of the Jedi, I, I think the continuation of the story and, and that filling in holes like you're talking about, connecting things, the connectivity is huge. I, I, thought, I thought the tales of the Jedi was both Andor and tales of the Jedi, I think, are A, quality material all the way around. Yeah, I mean, God bless Dave Filoni. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah. It's just funny because, like, really, some of them things are like obviously the, like, especially like Ahsoka is is by his creation, mm -hmm. and I I really enjoy like the the Clone Wars too. Uh, you know, I was I'm fully up to date on on everything. I thought season uh, seven was really good, honestly, and and not every episode, <clears throat> you know, needs to be some you know crazy production. But even to me, like some of the you know, understated ones. They, if you're a fan, 
they gave you so I'm not talking about like just fan service mm-hmm. but they just did fill a lot of gaps that lead to another really cool part you know of the story and I thought I don't know Ahsoka's character I find interesting uh you know and then to see like it through again the tales of the jedis and spoilers you know i thought the <laughs> the final episode was really cool to see that and then when they you know circle back into you know what happened basically right as order 66 happened right oh. i thought it's just to me it's just cool because like those things don't just happen it's take it's made taken someone sorry like so much planning you know so much knowledge and just general awareness of like what story has been told right and how we need to you know mold this so i thought that's really cool the the only bit about the tales of the jedi that i really didn't understand and i've googled this since and i've watched you know the breakdowns and you know people talk about it why yaddle doesn't speak yeah. the way yes. that yoda does and I guess to me, because he's the only introduction to like that species that we've ever mm-hmm. had. Wrongly, I just assume that that's just how they are. So then, when she comes in, which I think she was played by uh, Brees Howard, right? Mm-hmm. Who yeah. I think is cool. Like she's done so many like cool, uh, you know, projects from being an actress to a director now and stuff like that. Like it was interesting that like they've got some big hitters come back, you know, to like do these characters. So then when she like didn't speak how I expected, you know, Yoda to be, I was like, wait what but that's probably the only big question mark i really have from it however again being a fan i knew her story that we get Mm -hmm. told but you don't see it so now you're actually seeing it and even though it's animation there's a couple of moments that you are watching it happen and you know count dooku you know is always kind of portrayed as this you know villain but actually when you see like him in this moment you don't necessarily see him as a as one. You know, you yeah. see him as a a guy who maybe didn't have all the traditional Jedi traits, but he he cared about his friends and like all them things happen, and it just it just adds a bit more of like an emotional 100%. connection to it. So then, when something has happened, it hits you again, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like this is this is big. And what I like about Endor. You know, really, even like with Mon Mothma, is mm-hmm. she is a huge character who's had like hardly any screen time <laughs> or any recognition. And then I just feel like this now, everything that's happening is really for for the big fans out. They'll know all these people, but they've mm-hmm. had no screen time. And now suddenly you're getting to see why they were a big deal and why we all probably were like woo, you know, when they came on screen <laughs> the first time. I, I agree with you. It's it's amazing because <clears throat> I look at Count Dooku. Um, we joke on this show, and, and for our regular listeners, they know we used to joke quite a bit about he was kind of in, in the prequels, just a throwaway character. I mean, we were like, here's this old guy who shows up. You know, he's just kind of a fill-in until they get Anakin. And yeah. oh, by the way, he gets his hands cut off, his head cut off. And, yeah. you know, what did he push anything forward? Um, but between the novels that we've read about Count Dooku and then watching him in in uh, Clone Wars, we started to see that depth of, wow, it's not just, he's not just some arrogant ass. He's, he really is, is looking at this from a different angle and, and 
Cobble team manipulated that angle he was looking at to make yeah. him turn into a Sith, right? Um, and and so you almost in these three episodes of his, you see him lose Qui Gon, you see Mace Windu, you feel like he's kind of turned on him a little bit, and you you start feeling like, man, I I feel a little bit for Count Dooku here, right? I mean, sure, actually, yeah, yeah, you're you're like, yeah, he t- it turns out to be the bad guy, but in all reality, he he really was he he was being manipulated, but he also was there he wanted to see, he knew something was wrong so yeah yeah it was it, it was great I, I really liked it you know it's funny because a lot of people ask me like who's your favorite star wars character i find that so difficult to answer but i can tell you someone who is not high on my list and thank <laughs> god he got played by samuel l jackson because i mean how can you not like samuel l jackson but really i don't like in principle the character of mace windu Oh. Because he kind of embodies everything that was. I know, I know people are going to watch this and be like, "Dude, you need to like get out into the real world and like you know it's a story and stuff." I get it, but he really embodied everything that was wrong. I agree. And that when when you see people now like that episode where um, I can't remember where they where they went to to you know rescue the villagers because the the uh, senator was starving them and there was mm-hmm. a really yeah. uh, didn't care about his people and stuff like that. And then basically, every step along the way, Mace knew that he was in line to be on the council and to do all these things, but still let his mate crack on. And then basically made it seem like he was doing him a favor. Yes. Later in the episode by saying, <laughs> well, don't worry, I'll, I'll have a word with him on your behalf. You're like, well, cool, man. But you've <laughs> kind of just, you've led me down this path to get eaten by the wolves. Yeah. And then right as we get close there, you've thrown him a stake instead of throwing him to me. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just I I struggled with I struggled with his character in pretty much everything because when mm. people talk like even then you just said it like <clears> people <throat> see Count Dooku as this arrogant guy and stuff like that and I look at Mace Windu and I'm like you you that is his definition of being that way you know 100%. rigid arrogant you know short sighted dismissive really of like anyone else's opinion about his own and I just I don't like his character. He was, we're going to follow the council's rule and not break away from it, not bend the rules, nothing like that. And it was all about the council. And and I think um, it was interesting that he's the one who ends up in Revenge of the Sith being the one taken out by the, well, by Anakin, you know, because he, he might have had enough power. I don't know. I mean, none of us will ever know. Could he have kept battling the emperor and was he just playing him along or could he really have battled him out until Anakin showed up? until Anakin, you know, chopped his arm off and threw him out the window. Uh, but yeah, I, you're right. If it wasn't played by Samuel L. Jackson, I don't think people would like that character at all, but he adds that cool factor to where he's just cool. cool right. I mean, well, I mean, he's a cool dude. I mean, yeah. geez, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson, I mean, it's just a complete, <laughs> complete badass. I mean, no one, no, you don't meet anyone who's like, Oh, I don't like that guy. You know, right. so then you want to like, his character and to be honest like through certain parts of like the clone wars in like oh, okay maybe he's there like the movie mm-hmm. but then when you watch the animated show and then especially like these ones i don't know i i struggle to pick out like a favorite character and i'm not saying he's not my I, I don't dislike him like he's not my least favorite character but he's one i come to and if i had met him in life we wouldn't be friends yeah no I get you. Like, he'd be that one friend where I'm like, dude, just not chill, but like be a bit more pliable. Yes. Yeah. 
don't go all the way to Anakin's extremes to one side. Have some kind of middle in there, right? A be little like, bit. Be like Obi Wan. Obi Wan stuck with the rules, but man, he sure did. Uh, I'm gonna let Anakin get away with this, and I'm yeah. gonna fall in love with Duchess Satine. And I love uh, Obi. I think his oh. character's so cool. Me too. Because I, like in his yeah. heart, he wants to like do all these things, and you know, like he he doesn't want to like. He don't want Anakin to like. You know, be careful with Padme and stuff like that. But then actually, when you dive into like his background he's done all them things so then you're like yeah. looking at you like god that guy's like you know not quite his brother not quite his dad in that kind of like awkward middle ground where he's like experiencing these things and he clearly knows it's not good so he pushes anakin to not do it they can't stop him from doing it because he likes him so much and he clearly loves him <laughs> um i one of the things i have enjoyed about the expanded universe and i will say i think it's cool to see boba this way but also like you know obi-wan they're getting these moments to be the powerful people that we think they are mm-hmm. and like that's cool because like Boba was always like renowned this like just out you know crazy good bounty hunter like the guy right yeah when you watch the movies he ends up just falling straight in like <laughs> the pit and you're like okay yeah like really like that's yeah. that's how that went down so then when you see him riding in on a rancor we're like yeah there you go and then that very last bit of like Kenobi when he just like comes out of that pile of rocks i'm like oh okay yeah you know no. and it's just it's just cool that like these people and i get granted anytime they expand they're going to be able to like give these people a backstory um but i do think it's cool that some of the more popular characters are getting the chance to really show if i'm allowed to say this word on show that like they're badassery you can say whatever you, know, you want <laughs> like the level that we all know them to be just like cool and strong and powerful like they get into like do that well i have a question i have a few questions for you oh yeah so (laughs) so a couple questions just just for fun um one we we all know uh jack's got kind of some movie star looks here he could be in the movies if (laughs) lucasfilm and disney came to you would you jump at the chance to be in a either a disney plus or a star wars movie and what kind of role would you want to play in one of those Oh, um, I think an aspect of Star Wars that I, I I really enjoy because I feel like it hasn't been really there's <clears throat> there's no middle ground, mm-hmm. and I'm not getting political. Just saying, it's just an observation. <laughs> you either have like the light side of the force or the dark side of the force. I always liked the idea of you know realistically someone who can dive in and out of both. Because okay. I just feel like that's so real in the sense that everybody, you know, has moments of, you know, I don't care, anyone says, like, everyone has moments where they can dip and dive into both. You know, I've seen some of the most generous things be by done by some people who I would consider normally to be complete tools, <laughs> you know, and vice versa. Sure. You know, where people who you don't expect things to happen to, or you don't expect them to come from some people, it happens. You know, so I think in... In general, I like the idea of someone who's able to, you know, control that darkness okay. and push themselves to a point, not to be fully pledged, you know, Sith, but also occasionally you do see it in life where you have to push past a comfort spot to get things done, okay. you know, and it, it, it can be something even as simple as like, you know, disciplining your kids a bit stronger than you wanted to one time. <laughs> 
without fully just coming out with like yellow eyes, like, oh my God, he's turned. <laughs> you know, so if it was me, I'd love the opportunity to, if someone said, hey, you can come and be on the show, what do you want? I want to be a light, I want, I want to be a Jedi who straddles the middle with the ability to dip into both okay. sides with a white lightsaber. Okay. Like I want one of the Ahsoka lightsabers, taking a crystal, purified it again, have it white, and go right. Because like the character, not the character I associate with, but the character I find really interesting, and I read the book as well because he didn't really have much screen time. Was Quinlan Boss? Oh right? yeah. And I, I, I'm like, he's like the guy. I'm like, oh, he's nearly like. And I know they call them gray Jedi's, but like they're still Jedi's. I'm, you know, yeah. maybe someone who can basically not completely succumb to the dark side, but not be this like, you know, self righteous goody goody. You're, Which you're I right. Guess you know, like, I, and Anakin is is close sometimes to what I think people go through. You know, with mm-hmm. like being jealous and you know wanting to do more and and do these things like i think his character is you know in a lot of ways maybe not perfectly portrayed every step of the way but like in general you know he has like a lot of real life things and i think that's what i I like that it seems like a much more realistic thing like i would love to see the jedi actually come away from this you know slightly self-righteous high principle you know, morals. I, I don't go wrong. I think everyone should apply to like have high morals. Not saying <laughs> right. that, but like in reality, in life, there are good and bad where you don't have to go, you know, right, crazy bad or like you know, super self righteous good. You can straddle that, straddle right. that middle. You you don't have to be a a monk, the a samurai monk, right? Uh, who lives no. a life of a pious life and and straight and narrow. You could you could still have those powers and and dabble in in real life like you said. Um, well, and you, okay. and you don't also have to be a grumpy knob most of the time either, you know. <laughs> so I think there's, there's that's that's what I would do. I'd love to be like a like a I'd love, I'd love to straddle the middle with a white lightsaber, two white lightsabers. I think I always thought that'd be cool. I used yeah. to I play the uh, Knights of the Old Republic, mm-hmm. and that's what I've been trying to find uh white crystals in that but it's super hard well that's what i want for my character (laughs) (laughs) all right well all you listeners you're gonna have to tell if you're playing knights of the old republic send us a message to tell jack where he can find the white crystals for for his uh character on that game um so i had a couple questions from people one the first one was Mm. hardly any of us are are people who drive in uh the the indie you know Indy Racing League, or, or I'm sorry, you know, IndyCar and, and the Indy 500. So to us regular guys, us regular Joes who go to work mm. and we're not driving 200 miles per hour, maybe we are yeah. from 465, I don't know. But um, is, is IndyCar as close to what you think pod racing would be? I mean, yeah, I like to think so. <laughs> I think that's cool. Because, like, you know, in the sense, like... <clears throat> I feel like it'd be cool to be an astronaut, right? Like mm-hmm. just blasting off at like just outrageous horsepower and G force and things like that. And that's cool. But like pod racing in its sense, in its name is a race. Therefore it's a sport and it's competitive mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, you know, you get into the IndyCar racing and, you know, when you look out of the cockpit of, you know, let's say Anakin's like uh, pod racer, <clears throat> which actually is some of the Lego that I have 
still out in the corner, by the way, him and Tabulba's. They're not nice um, yet. Okay. No, nah, no, nah, they're good. Okay. Uh, they're pretty cool. I like them anyway. Yeah. Um, it's what I it's what I want it to be, minus racing through a canyon mm-hmm. and getting shot at by Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> like, I don't think that would be too much fun if, you know, coming around turn two at Indy and someone's there just like, you know, <laughs> cracking on. Um, but I mean, I just think that'd be so cool. I mean, I guess that's maybe why I tried to be a racing driver because it's the closest I'm ever going to get to be a pod racer. Well, I mean, Anakin had to have special force powers and most humans didn't have the force power to be able to pod race. And here you are, a select few people, you know, that, that are doing basically that on a, on a weekly basis. So essentially one step closer to being a Jedi. That's right. That's I sit there and I watch and I'm like, these guys have to have special skills and powers that regular everyday people don't have because you know, my wife, my wife gets nervous in parking lots. So, um, you know, I always say going, going fast is easy. It's it's slowing down when (laughs) things are going wrong. That's the hard bit. Okay. That's good. Um, Joey actually asked a question for you and he asked me to ask, um, if you were able to race on any Star Wars planet, mm. I'm, I'm guessing it could be Tatooine, but which one, which one would it be out of all the planets you've seen in the movies, the shows? Is there a planet I, you think would be a good place to race? That's a great question. I kind of feel like uh, you can look at some of the cities and like, to me, like Coruscant would be mm. like a, a street circuit, right? Oh, you yeah. know, like it's a very populated place. It have that street circuit feel um is it felucia have i said that right the ones with all the neon kind like, of stuff yeah 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 i i know i've butchered that name i'm not i'm not good with names one of my buddies gets so mad because i i just i butcher names left and right um but like i thought that was always a pretty like just from a aesthetic oh, yeah. look i always thought that was really really cool and you know vibrant with colors and it would. I mean, it would be cool. Um, trying to think, really. I think Mustafar would be high risk, high reward. <laughs> you know, I like. I kind of like the idea of, of that. Yeah, um, you wouldn't want to go over the edge into the into the lava, but, but yeah, I mean, Kashyyyk. I thought Kashyyyk would kind of be cool, super green. Uh, nice. You know, again, a lot of different terrain and stuff like that. But if I've said it right, Felucia. Yeah. Or however, yeah. or however you say it. Would be would probably be my my top choice there. I think. No, I like that one a lot. I think that would be cool. As a matter of fact, when he asked me to ask that question, that was one of the first ones that I thought of was was that one. I think you're right. It would have that appeal and that that ambiance around you. Yeah. So, um. So I had another question for you here. That that that. Sorry. Um. Oh. If you were looking at IndyCar drivers. Is there any IndyCar driver that you would say would match up with any Star Wars character? Any of the guys you're around mm. on a week-to-week basis, would you say, gosh, his personality or the way he drives, whatever, would match up with... I mean, you don't have to say anybody's the Emperor because we don't want him to get mad at you or yeah. or, yeah. or Mace Windu, you know, because we already know what, what we think of Mace. But... Yeah, we already, we already said him. <laughs> Is I there mean, a... you know, honestly... Is there a Han Solo? Is there a, you know, I mean. Yeah. Well, I saw, I know Joey did this a while ago, right? Where did he try to match up drivers to Star Wars characters or 
I've, I've certainly been asked this question before. If I'm thinking just like straight Jedi, I think having been friends with him this year and, you know, spent a lot more time with him this year in the way that I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to explain his character and I'm going to give you a name. Sure. Character that I really like, who I think didn't get the justice he deserved in Phantom Menace was Qui-Gon Jinn. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because he, a bit like Dooku, had an imagination and he didn't see things the same way. And, you know, he was really the start of Jedi. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, not, you know, uh, like he was a new wave of growth. Like okay. he basically was telling people that like, hey, like this is something is coming and it's bad. And we'd like, I feel like we need a change in the sense of, you know, he was outspoken and he didn't just take what other people said as like, you know, facts. Like he mm -hmm. had his opinion. He was happy to say it. He, I, to me, he seemed like he was happy to be unpopular if it was the right thing to do. Right. And in a lot of ways, that reminds me of Graham Rahal. Really? In the sense of like Graham, if he believes it's right, if he thinks it's, you know, the right thing to do, I, I, I don't know anyone who's going to just, you know, you could tell him all day, like, dude, that's not the right thing. But like, if he believes it, I mean, he's going to just keep going. Um, not being able to get that word is is on my mind, and it's it's irritating. <laughs> it's like the, it's like he was the start of like the new revolution of Jedi, okay. like the new wave of Jedi that was like coming to me. And I feel like Graham is is kind of that way in the sense of that you know, not that if he thinks he's right, he's going to keep pushing on. But like he's a guy sure. who is is happy to break the norm to do what he think is thinks is right, which I like that. Um, Sort of thing, really. Is there somebody you think is like Kylo Ren, <clears throat> little on edge? Uh, you know, you never know what what to expect. Whether he's going to be the good one, the 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 guy who causes yeah. wrecks. I mean, I mean, I I hate to say it because I feel like throughout <laughs> this year he's caught some heat on it. But like in that kind of scenario, I do feel like a lot of people, you know, not necessarily me included, because I mean, we've you know we never really had any had any beef i mean we did get into an indian little this year at one race but like grosjean i think a lot of you know kind of comes yeah. across that way sometimes uh you know you're not quite sure where he's not not what he's gonna do but like sometimes he could be super aggressive other times he's you know exceptionally fair um you know a guy who do, do get on with well you know so i'm not i'm not trying to throw and, and not saying he's no, a dark and guy there believe me, to throw I, this was for shade. fun it's, don't yeah yeah it's um but he's he's probably that guy to me another to be honest a bit that way i'll put renus in that category you know really? vk a bit you know just sometimes i'm like oh is, is he gonna go for it? Is he not gonna go for it like you know <laughs> let's just wait and see but again guys i you know guys i really respect a lot i mean i feel like kind of lucky in, in a lot of ways where right now you know if you look at like aj mario Oh, you know, Rick Mears, you know, some of these just like legends of the sport. I, none of them to me, like, they're not like screaming Yoda, but like still would be on like the, you know, sure. driver high council. Right. You know? No, I, I think that's kind of, I like that. Kind of like cool. the high council. Yeah. That would be, I mean, I can only imagine. I mean, the, the people you meet and the people you talk to on a daily basis, you probably sit there sometimes and, and pinch yourself and go, I, I'm talking to, I'm talking to you know AJ Foyt. I'm yeah. talking to Mario Andretti. I mean, it's cool. it, yeah, I, I'm sure it probably is. So, um, well, it's cool because you know, like in a lot of ways, you know, these are, I'm I'm a I'm a racing fan as well. Mm -hmm. I think people 
forget that you know like yes it's it's my profession and you know I, I so love what I do you know but the first time I met Rick Mears I I just completely fangirled out <laughs> over him you know because I mean in the day that's Rick Mears you oh, know, yeah. that's a legend right there and you know it, it's funny because if I if I started to think just because on my mind about like the you know the driver high council like you know the the group <laughs> that get together I think you know of like a modern driver who would probably be on it who I feel like is sensible and fair and understands, you know, the heart and dynamic of IndyCar is Joseph Newgarden. Okay. You know, a guy who's fair. And again, you know, you've seen him be hyper-aggressive at times this year. You've seen him be, I won't say cautious, but like, you know, composed. And, sure. I, you know, I started to put together in my mind my my driving high council. I think that's fun. <laughs> I like it. I, I think we should get some artwork done up by your by your guys yeah. in the helmet. Maybe put them in yeah, robes, you know. Do. Put those yeah, guys. That'd be hilarious. You know, speaking of that, and I, he's a soft fan too, by the way. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, next next May when we're all sitting out there having burgers by Joey's uh, RV, we'll, we'll, we'll bring it over. See. Yeah, we'll talk about it. That'll be great. So we went to uh, at, this, at the end of 2019 when the Star Wars theme parks open at Disney. Mm -hmm. Uh, a group of us went to it, you know, Joseph uh, being one of the people in the group who we went with. I loved I, I had a great time there. The only thing I didn't get was I went during COVID time and I couldn't get okay. on the Rise of the Resistance ride. I went through I didn't do that else. yet either. We'll talk to I want a lightsaber. That I got one too. I got the I got uh, uh, did you? I got a Kenobi. It's back there. I should light it up uh, behind me. I I didn't get one because yeah. I couldn't get an appointment. <laughs> good well, although well, this is good like i mean here ahead. we are now i got the uh i ordered it ages ago and it keeps getting pushed back so i guess a lot of people thought it was a good idea to buy one from target i got the kenobi fx like black edition of his saver so i'm waiting mm -hmm. for that to come but i remember one of the first things I, I i was following jerry and then he posted something and i was like that's the dark saber in the background. Yeah. And he was like, you know what? I appreciate you knowing that. I was like, oh, dude, <laughs> I know all about this. And I think that's kind of like where the, uh, the Star Wars like, started. So, yeah. Unfortunately, I got him infected with the Star Wars virus and he's, he's followed right along. And actually, I mean, you've, you've, you've probably heard, you know, uh, he's the one who started this podcast. He started it mm. two and a half years ago and, and said, hey, dad, come on, be my co pilot. And then, He's like, oh, I gotta go. I got other things pulling me around, and yeah. I am still today. That's so, cool. Um, it's cool. I think it's cool that you guys have that to to share because you know I I think about like the relationship I have with my dad and you know the things that we enjoy together and uh, you know I don't get wrong, we love you know clay pigeon <laughs> shooting, skeet shooting, motor racing, stuff like that, cars, and you know that's cool. But in terms of like my geeky side, he's not too. <laughs> too uh too on board with but my mom actually surprisingly kind of likes star wars and you know she's been catching up and she, her opinion of endor is a bit like joey's it's just a little yeah a bit little slow and i just said to her i was like go watch rogue one you know like catch up on a few other like big mm -hmm. things here and then go and enjoy yourself crack on well i you know you you mentioned that it's funny because uh my dad all he's into is well he's into a lot of things but cars is his passion he loves cars. He loves, you know, he, he used to race at IRP when he was younger. Oh, cool. And, and so it never, like, I never thought about doing that. It wasn't the thing that clicked with me. I was a baseball, basketball, football guy. I, you know, like star Wars, my dad 
my dad couldn't watch a Star Wars movie if you paid him. <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't do it. And it's not until now that he's older that he'll talk sports to me at all. But yeah, I kind of, Joey, God bless him. I, I mean, I, I love it that that relationship is there because whether it's Star Wars, whether it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, whether, whether yeah. it's the Chicago Cubs, I liked them. So he liked them. And now we have that to bond over. Yeah, so it, cool. it is, it is great. So um, I, I noticed it, I, I was just doing research. That's kind of what I do. I'm a nerd. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've always been into soccer because our, our, I don't look like it, but our Italian heritage, you know, I was always, I was always into the Italian soccer teams, you know, sure. uh, series a and, and uh, yeah. Juventus and Inter Milan and Roma and all that stuff. And, and I, I loved yeah. watching the world cup, but you being from England and, and having, you have a couple teams that you cheer for, is that right? Liverpool and Lincoln city. So yeah, so and then my the childhood teams Blackburn Rovers. So um, kind of in my order, I would cheer for my hometown team Lincoln mm-hmm. first, then Blackburn. And uh, I, I'm a soft Liverpool fan. I don't really have like a an EPL team. However, gotcha. you know, just for conversational point and like to have someone to root for that, that mm-hmm. that's the people I root for. They're not having a great season, in all fairness. Uh, but yeah, it's still it's still big part of my weekend so i i have to ask you do you think americans um really their mad rush for i mean yes the premier league is now on like every saturday morning or whatever sunday mm-hmm. morning on on nbc um but do you think ted lasso oh, over the top i mean because oh that's my one God. of my favorite shows of all time i i cannot even begin <laughs> to tell you how much I love Ted Lasso. Honestly, I put it on just for background noise. Sometimes so my wife. I think I I'm gonna have a humble brag here. <laughs> one of the one of the things that make I love it so much is I completely understand and the the comedic side of some of the American humor. Mm-hmm. And I think they nailed the British humor. It's it's very authentic. It's very what you would go and experience. And you know, I watch it with Gracie, and you know, there's moments where we laugh together. And there's moments where I laugh on my own and then I watch it back. And then, you know, my sister, you know, watching the UK and like, now nah, that's pretty much like how we communicate in like Ted Lapo, like oh. gifts. So I think that show is uh, brilliant. It hasn't caught on yet in the UK, to really? be honest, like, yeah, not yet, which I get, I do understand why, um, but I think, <laughs> yeah, Ted Lasso, I think they've, they've so, that's probably the, one of the, my favorite TV programs ever. And I know this is a Star Wars podcast, but we talk a little bit about everything. But since you like it, I, I can tell you that my wife and I, we watch it if just when we're going to bed. We she watches it, you know, yeah. when she has downtime. It's like Friends used to be oh, great. in the background, but Ted Lasso now is. Um, but yeah, I, I even got a Roy Kent jersey. I mean, I was like, I'm I'm all in. Yeah, nice. I love Roy. So, uh, but yeah, that's he, uh, great. I like it because in a lot of ways, there is a feel good factor to Ted Lasso and like some of the sayings he uses I wouldn't coin you know and I'm probably not going to instigate in part of my life however like some of the bigger mm-hmm. things I mean uh, serious like there's definitely serious elements to the show however you just if you watch Ted Lasso you don't leave it feeling like a little bit uplifted or rejuvenated or like we can do this yes like I don't know what you're ever going to watch and do it and the other thing really is 
they're not super long episodes. No. You know, there's what, 12 episodes a season or something. I mean, we watched, we didn't catch on to it like straight away. So we watched season one, season two, and then we're like, what do you mean there's no season three? Like, <laughs> I've never been so hooked into like a show yeah. like that way. And like literally yesterday, I just, I didn't know what to watch. So I just, I, you know, put it on in the background noise and I, I just love it. On, on, um, so you were, you were in England. We were talking about this. You were in England. I, I went for my wife and I's 30th anniversary. We went to Italy, um, which was great, but she's never flown out of the country. She, she hates flying. But one of the things we downloaded on our phones to have ready to watch while we were on the flights was Ted Lasso because it's just an, an upbeat, fun show. Um, I, I will, I will back you up on that. I'm, you know, being a guy who's 50. I see the changes in TV, like from what it was when I was growing up to now. Ted Lasso is one of those shows that I, I would say it's one of the only shows out there now, like you said, that's upbeat. It leaves you with a positive message, a positive attitude. And I think I'm happy because I, I hope it means they'll make more shows like that, whether they're just like that or not, whatever, but just more shows that bring out positivity. Cause I, I think it's, it's huge. And I, I think it, it does leave that after effect. I have a friend of mine, who listens to the show all the time. And he actually used to be on the show um, a long time ago. And he, he told me, he was like, um, you know, he, he's had some ups and downs and he gets, uh, we tease him cause he's got a little, little anger. He used to bring it out on the show. Uh, but he told me, <laughs> he was like, I watched Ted Lasso and it just, boom, it hits me and gets me upbeat, gets me positive. So yes, I know well, it's a Star I, Wars show guys. I'm sorry, but yes, I, have I like that because, you know, to be honest, like in the day, like we, we all look like, you, you like the things you like, you know, yeah. and to me, like Star Wars always leaves me with a, this is super cheesy, but feeling of like home, like mm-hmm. feeling kind of at home and nostalgic and, you know, being able to then talk about it with people and then go online and watch, you know, people's breakdowns and, uh, you know, listen to the podcast and like listen to people like talk about it. And every time they have a different take, I'm like, oh, that's really good. And really it all comes back to the same thing, right? It's, it's wanting to be part of a nice community, you know, and then suddenly when, I know we talk about Ted Lasso, but like, he's a guy that you'd want to have as a friend. Oh, definitely. Like that's a guy where you watch a movie, like, oh my god, or the TV show, you're like, oh my god, that <laughs> I would love it if this person, like, if if this was nonfiction, I'd be signing up to his class right now. Yep, one hundred percent. Yeah, you know, and like, don't get me wrong, and I'm not on like a huge like tangent here, but one of the shows Gracie likes is Euphoria with yeah. Zendaya and stuff like that, and. To be honest, I struggled to get into it because I mean, don't get me wrong, it's deep and it's heavy, and there's but there just isn't a moment where I leave it and I'm like, oh, okay, like yeah, I'm I'm upbeat and I feel good about something. I'm like, wow, that is some of the most intense, brilliant acting I've ever seen. But I feel like their character does right now, <laughs> you know, and like, yes. I don't mind watching it for a little bit, but I, and I think that's probably the part of you know recent Star Wars that I mm-hmm. have enjoyed is the little not trying to be funny but humorous parts to make them seem like humans that actually would crack a joke um the only animated series i really i i like bits of it i don't love his character but i feel like he's matured in a nice way i like rebels i don't love rebels Mm -hmm. i like i like a lot of the characters from that show but something about it just didn't quite sure connect with me um well, it's, it's a, you, my, you, a certain age you were watching it and a certain part of yeah, your life maybe. you were watching it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. But but one of the characters who most intrigues me 
who I, I, I so and I think he's coming to big screen because I mean he got he got name dropped mm-hmm. right at the end of the Mandalorian is Thrawn. I I love his books. I love his Legends books. I've read all of his uh, trilogy books, and that is a character who I am excited to see. Me too. On screen. Yeah, I was lucky. Enough, we were lucky enough. The podcast went to an event in um, April. And we got a chance to meet Timothy Zahn, the, the writer of, of all oh, the cool. books. Yeah, I, I tell you what, that was, I mean, I was a little fangirlish, you know, because I'm thinking this is the guy who created Thrawn right here, you know, and I'm getting a book signed yeah. by him. And uh, yeah, I was a little starstruck just meeting him. I can only imagine what it'd be like if I met Mark Hamill or something like that. So that would uh, be cool. A buddy of mine <laughs> uh, used to work at, um, the animation studio, uh, not the animation studio, yeah, the animation studio, but also the like Disney's like special effects uh, mm-hmm. studio, and uh, the name of it is like IFX or something like that. Yeah. I can't exactly remember, and he's gonna be so mad that I got that wrong. His name's Stephen King, wonderful guy. He took me for a tour around uh, when we were in San Francisco around the studio and stuff like that, and they just had some like really cool things. And I mean, we just fangirl you know, over it now. And he's actually headed up one of their divisions now in, you know, Australia doing really well. But every time something new comes out, you know, like he's, he's, we were always texting about it and, you know, just kind of, you know, laughing and joking about the things we did like, things we didn't like, right. uh, et cetera. And I, I think it's, it's interesting to me because like in that moment, like having read all the books, if, you know, if there was a moment where you're like, Hey, we're going to go and meet Tim or Timothy, mm-hmm. I'd be like, no way and it's funny because i see people do that in racing you know and they're like oh we're gonna go meet bobby rayhorn i'm like oh yeah you know i dinner with him last night and people like whoa (laughs) you know and i think that's the that's the funny part to me about all of this like kind of globally and i apply this to you know drivers actors ceos everybody is still human being you know and there's someone out there who knows them as purely mark hamill right Mark Hamill, not Mark Hamill, by the way, also Luke Skywalker, which we're like, oh, that's amazing. There's someone out there who knows him purely as a friend, the guy to go for dinner with, hang out with right. and all them things. So I, I think it's I think it's cool. I think it's interesting. Um, but I would fangirl out pretty hard over certain people. <laughs> as would I, as would I. Well, I like I said, I only wanted to keep you for like an hour and, and we're we're coming up on that. I oh it's just fun. Is that how long it's yeah, been? Yeah, that, we've been. Oh, oh, I feel we've like been, we just almost, got started. I know, I know. Um, but but um, what? I, first of all, I want to tell you thank you. I mean, because again, you you were a guy who you had a good relationship with Joey, and I I stuck my nose in there and said, oh, you're you're a Star Wars fan. Can I bug you? And you were nice as can be, and and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. And and again, you've got fans for life here at the Molinero household. We'll oh, be cheering you, you on. Every every step of the way, we're actually. I know Joey's going to the the race in March at, in St. Pete, Tampa, St. Pete. Oh, cool. He's, he's trying to see if uh, if uh, Lori and I can go, and we're gonna we're gonna try to check that out. But you know, you know, we'll be oh, around anything amazing, in India. Yeah. Uh, but but we. I wish really I'd wore my shirt now. <laughs> you don't worry about that. No, no. Yeah. Um. So how can how can people track you down? What's the best way to to follow you? Whether it's on social media, whether you have you know a website where you can sell anything, anything like that, or just to follow you as as you drive and as the as the season goes on. What's the best ways for people to follow 
you and your team? I mean, honestly, mostly just Twitter or Instagram. It's just Jack underscore Harvey uh, okay. 42 is, is our social media handles. Like we're trying to uh, push out some good things, like different things. We have a video series that I, I love uh, called You Don't Know Jack, which wasn't meant to be derogatory. It's purely just a case of like, you don't know me, but, sure. you know, kind of got some humor to it as well. Um, you know, so we're trying to basically do more get to knows, you know, that's really why I wanted yeah. to, you know, come on the, on the podcast with you and whatnot. And I think it's so that people see that, you know, there's more than just a driver side of me. Uh, you know, I'm also a huge Harry Potter fan of all the oh. Marvel movies. I prefer Marvel to DC. Okay. I have to ask um, you real quick. I'm going to interrupt. Uh, is, is there a favorite character in Marvel? Cause I'm a huge Marvel fan. Oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, man, I, I, I used to, I love Thor. I was okay. such a Thor fan. Uh, you know, Iron Man. I mean, mostly okay. because when they, they did a few shots in his garage and he had the car collection that I was mm. like, yes. <laughs> yes that's what i want and then i'm pretty sure he like falls down into like an original like ac cobra and i just cried at the fact that like they were anyone was able to like smash this car in production and just yes. be okay with it mm. irritated me but um yeah marvel you know i don't know I, I like dc but i'm not i don't know i'm just not into it the sure. the same way uh but i think that's what people that's why i guess i brought it up earlier is you know i think one of the things i appreciated about you know joey and then obviously meeting everybody at indy was just in a lot of ways like I, people obviously think it's cool that we're at the track and we're getting to drive and you know i i appreciate the respect that people give us for that but also that everyone just has treated me like a human being you know at the end of the day so like i said like finding common ground with people is sure. you know is so important and um you know being able to actually like i i hate it when he talks to the this is my number one pet peeve i'm going to share it on the podcast because i just Go right ahead it irritates me. I hate it when people aren't Star Wars fan use Baby Yoda or like the Mandalorian as gift. And I'm like, don't use that. That's reserved for true fans. That's not for you. That's for us. Oh, Baby God. Yoda's not for you. Don't use it as a gift. It's for me. Okay. And I get mad at that. But then I also do like to have the time to like reach, you know, have this kind of conversation. Sure. And um, I'm now realizing that you ask me questions and I fail to ask them like back of you, like I'm, I'm really interested in like, well, firstly, what color that, so that's just Kenobi's lightsaber. Yes. Blue. But like, it's... what is your color? Like what if you were choosing? Uh, yeah. No. Um, you know what, believe it or not, if I was choosing one, um, I, if I had to choose one that was in the movies I, or something, I would choose uh, Luke's green one from return of the Jedi. But if I was just making my own and I could choose, I would definitely go with a yellow saber. Yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'm I, I kind of like kind of curious, like because like I thought Ray Saber right at the end was pretty pretty neat. Yeah, you know, in all fairness, but then I was trying to understand like the because I this is where things are changing a bit, and I'm trying to make like it as legends, and then it's like, is it right. canon? And like, if it's canon now, what does that mean? You know, that basically where that where her lightsaber color came from. So not to be even more nerdy than I should be, but uh, do it. I love from it. What, from what I've been told, the yellow saber is for people who are dedicated to studying and like because they're also so knowledgeable from uh, reaching, you know, reaching a level of knowledge. And so uh, the only people who did and, you know, she had the books 
that that she got in the last Jedi. Yeah. So she took those and and all she did until uh, Rise of Skywalker was study. Uh, and then there were other ones. And I think if you look it up, there is a there is a color thing on on whatever Wikipedia that yeah. will tell you what it stands for. But like some of the guards from the Jedi Temple had had reached a certain level of that knowledge and they had yellow mm. but uh, i think i'm pretty sure that's what it is and i know i know when i ask so then, my guys they'll be able to tell me so so then this is where like my mind goes to because i saw something a while ago that basically someone tried to say the kyber crystal is colorless until the person themselves huh. gets it and i was like well is that confirmed anywhere like i'm not sure if that's <laughs> true or not because that isn't like what i've seen right. So then let's say that is or isn't true. Like one, where did Ray get her crystal from? Like I wanna know. And then two, if like how has she made it that color? Like did right. it change color? Like how has this happened? I'm... These are the questions I worry about. <laughs> well, you know what? We have a guy on our show named Alfie, my cousin. And Alfie is we call him the book of Alfie. And you can guarantee that. I, that will be the first question I ask. Yeah. There's going to be some follow-ups here. Yes. And then yeah. I guess going back to like Endor, just for a quick sec, because I know you're yeah. busy and I don't want to take up all your night. You're fine. I walked out of a, it was actually, it was out, I walked out of The Last Jedi with a friend of mine. And the first thing he said, the very first thing is like, where do they get the money to pay for this? And I'm like, what are you on about? He's like, he's like, you know, the first order, the empire. He's like, where do they get money to do it? I'm like, dude, don't don't stress yourself out trying to figure it out. Just enjoy it. And then I'm like, oh god, I don't know where did they get the money to do that? And now <laughs> you watch like Endor, and you get in to see how this happens. And I'm like, yes. okay, now we can all just like relax, you, and we you, know how it's uh, going. <laughs> see, that's where that's where I try to do that separation from the real world thing, because. Yeah. Because then you start going, oh well, there's taxes, there's probably all these laws no. and fees, and, and and you start going, no, I just want to see lightsabers and school ships. Just give me that, right? So yeah, but but uh, I think, well, I mean, yeah. seriously, I thank you so much for like having me on to do this because it's, it's so rare that you know I really get to like properly geek out anytime you know, about it. And honestly, we could we could have kept, we could just. I almost feels like this should be like the halfway point. This should be like you know the stepping off for an oh, interval. I, sort of deal um but like, yeah I, I, it is it is fun and you know i think anyone who knows me knows that i actually do have a a true fan of star wars not just what i've watched you know the, in the movies right. nine times but well actually i guess 11 times because I, I like rogue one and so i actually think solo is criminally underrated i'm not saying it's the best acting but i think people miss the point of that and i know i keep trying to say bye and i keep no finding no point no to talk you're about. fine however like to me, that movie wasn't about Harrison Ford and how he is as, is as Han Solo. It was about how Han Solo becomes Han Solo and the things he goes through in life right. to become this, you know. No, you're 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 one this of awesome right. old I, dude. I, look, I, we always say on the show. One of the things we always say is all Star Wars is not perfect, but it's still all Star Wars. And yes. and and if people don't like certain things, that that's okay. They cannot like it, but I I agree with you. I really enjoy watching Solo when I see it. I have no quarrels with it at all. I think it's I think it's a good show. So well, and you know, because having read some of the comics and being into the comics as well, I 
excited to see like where they can take that story because again they could bridge a gap here between like what Maul has done as well potentially between some of his uh you know various appearances right uh but this is what i mean this is why i feel like this should just be the interval hey, time because hey, I, you know, you know it kind of just keeps going but I, I, if you I, want to say, you can say. I don't want to make it yeah, go because we got it's we got more fun, things mate, going. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just fun. It's just fun to like talk about, and I guess the the thing that's fun as well is talking about it with people who are immediately on the same. Yeah, maybe not an opinion, but like at, at the same like knowledge, geek, you know, depth, whatever you want to call it, like appreciation really of Star Wars, and I don't know. I just think it's cool. Well, I, I can tell you this one. Not only are you a great race driver, a race car driver, is that the proper thing to say? A race car driver? Yes. Okay. Not only are you a that. great driver, <laughs> um, but you're a great person. You, you, you're you. a good friend of Joey, and we appreciate you here at the Molinero household. And and I'm just glad you're a Star Wars fan. So, <laughs> you know what? If we do get to connect and everything down in uh, Tampa, St. Pete, you better be prepared and see if you can go a day before or a day after when you get time, and we'll all shoot over to. Uh, galaxy's edge and, and that would be awesome over there so no, um, I'm, I'm in i'm in okay well good well for our, for our fans uh jack you know what just go look at indycar go find jack carvey he's <laughs> number 45 he's with the high v car ray hall letterman lanigan racing team we we consider him a friend of the show we appreciate him so much and you know what it was great having him on uh, and we're going to take a quick break. And until next time, may the force be with you. So I'm not going to stop. I just pause right there. I'm not going to stop because uh, the regular crew is coming in. But this is my cousin, Alfie, though I told you the book of Alfie. Um, and I, Alfie, this, this hey, is good on them. Jack Harvey. This is his daughter, Azalea. Um, is, that Ash, is that Ash Ketchum in the background there? I yes, that's tell. Ash. <laughs> um, Real okay, quick, stop. we we have so Jack had a question for me and before he was going, and and I said the book of Alfie will know this. All right, so well now you're putting me on the spot. What if I don't know it? <laughs> so well, he, no, no, he was talking about the colors of lightsabers, mm-hmm. and and when he was talking about the colors of lightsabers, we were talking about Ray's yellow, and I right. told him that I believe because of her knowledge and depth of the reading of the the historical things and things like that. Those people got yellow lightsabers. If I'm wrong, let me know. But I could have sworn it had to do something with the books and knowledge and all that stuff that you you were able to have the yellow lightsaber. But then he also brought up, do people get to take a crystal and then choose the color or does the color, is it already in the crystal? Right? As far as right, I Jack? know. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like essentially. The yellow lightsaber. Is yeah, I agree. Is being retconned into meaning something, but then again, you have to go back to the uh, Marvel comics because Luke has a yellow lightsaber in between Empire and Jedi. Yep. So, well, I guess that's like my thing is like I saw something a while ago where somebody tried to say that all Kyber crystals are colorless basically until a certain Jedi would find one. And then it would change color in that to, to that person, and then obviously the Sith would corrupt it, and then, for example, you could purify it again, and it would right. become white. And then I'm like, well, okay, because like you've seen, well, firstly, then I'm like, well, one, where did Ray get her crystal from? And then secondly, I'm like, how has it become like that color? Because like she's then 
taken a crystal let's say she took a blue one because that was the lightsaber that she basically used all the time in the mm-hmm. in the movies well, how has that become saber. yellow now i don't is, know I, is it because she thumb. used well, i don't know uh, leia's was blue too wasn't it uh yeah they were both blue yeah yeah, they were both blue. In yeah. that scene, yeah. But she buried awesome, them both. Awesome scene, yeah. by the way. Now, like my head canon was that she used both of Luke's crystals from his uh, Jedi lightsaber and then the legacy Skywalker saber because really? primary colors, blue and green, would make yellow, right? Uh, I did not know that. I don't know. And it, that's just my head cannon. And because my head cannon also says that a blade comes out of the other end because she's Ray. Hmm. Does it it doesn't come out? I thought it was a dual-sided thing. No, like... I don't think it's ever been shown as a it was only shown oh. once for a few seconds and it was not dual-sided. And the replicas are not dual-sided. They're not. But um, okay. Even hmm. if you go to Galaxy's Edge and you build a lightsaber, though, the color of your the crystal you choose basically says what kind of Jedi you are. We're, so we're it's gonna... already a pre, but it's a predetermined color. Right. Then, so if you pick a green, that is more of like a an offensive Jedi. A blue mm. is defensive. Uh, one more with the peaceful side of the Force. So then, why, if that's the case, then why didn't Anakin mostly fight with a green. And then Neoda, I would say, was defensive, <laughs> right? But he was fighting with a green where really he felt like he should have a blue. Kenobi right? fits for him. See, you guess. I don't I mean, know. I just, these, again, these are questions that I've just, I've just, you know, yes. And honestly, I like that. I like leaving, not knowing everything, so that when right. they do come out with something, In- because I thought the Vader comic book line was awesome. Like in terms of like showing people how to actually like, you know, well how a kyber, a kyber crystal, sorry, could like be influenced and stuff. And I thought that was cool. Well, and see, here's my question too. I'm going to take the lightsaber thing one step further. Why are the Inquisitors? How do they get a red crystal? They're not Sith. Yes. Don't they? They kind of. Yeah, but that's a Sith. They're not okay. Sith. They're just. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Dark Jedi. I feel they don't go. I think their lightsabers are kind of cool. That's probably the only thing where I'm like, Disney, rein it in a bit. <laughs> like when they can like spin it and then fly off. The uh, ledge. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, yeah. okay. That goes back because to the rebels. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And like, don't get me wrong. I thought the crossblade, like, like Kylo Ren's, but without the, uh, uh, what would you call it? The broken crystal was just mm-hmm. cool. I think it looks cool. And, you know, I think that makes sense. But like, you know, flying around with a lightsaber on i think it's awesome kind of but then i'm like well you know you've got flying cars you don't need to fly on a, with a lightsaber all right you guys ready for this uh, i'm going to give you some some star wars <clears throat> star wars feedback from wikipedia the, oh, okay. ye- the yellow lightsaber indicates a jedi sentinel a jedi who has honed his or her skills in a balance of combat and scholarly pursuits that's what a mm. yellow lightsaber stands for. So it's balance of combat and scholarly. And that's why I was going back to her having the Jedi text. Um, yeah, but so did, so did that's that, only a few that years change. that she had them. Yeah. Did, did it change color though, or did she just find a yellow one? Because I was always the impression that Mace Windu got gifted his by the 
his village, like his the village that he was born in. Uh, I don't know if that's canon. That might be legend. No, but you're bringing knowledge there. I'd never heard that yeah. before. I like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, and that I was on Wikipedia, either. which Wikipedia is, I guess, where we go to for everything. Um, yeah, Sentinel is one of, like I said, at Galaxy's Edge, Sentinel is one of the ones you can pick. And then once you pick that crystal, if you continue, like Sentinel has a set like of parts to make a lightsaber. Okay. A guardian has another set of parts to make a lightsaber. You know how I think they could make the uh, building the line. I haven't done this before. We know how I think they could make the lightsaber experience kind of more unique. Is that when you sign up to do it before you actually build it, that you take a personality quiz. Oh, and then they and then they tell you what color you are based off of your like personality. Could, because could. they like, for example, like someone might love the color red, but they're like, oh my god, if I get that, I'm associated with the bad side of the force. Like, what am I gonna do? Well, you know, okay, Jack, you brought this up, and you know what? If you're here, I'm gonna keep going with this conversation because you brought up <laughs> Harry Potter, and Harry Potter obviously had the hat, and the hat chose which uh, group you went into, Slytherin. Hufflepuff, whatever, you know, Gryffindor. If Star Wars, if Disney, if Lucasfilm was listening, you know, a great way to get more people involved and wanting to buy stuff and buy gear, go make an academy, academy show and make it to where, like you said, this test tells you what color saber you get, whether you tend to be more offensive or defensive, whether you should be somebody who studies, whether you should be somebody... I. I like that. Yeah. And then yeah. now you don't think they're they've uh, got a guy in a room with futuristic, you know, untested computer programs making Luke Skywalker's face for nothing to you. I, I <laughs> fully believe that the Jedi Academy show is coming sooner you, than later. You think that really? I yeah. gosh, I would love a Jedi Academy show before be awesome. the 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 sequels. I think that would be fantastic and it would it would sell merch so much. I mean, if you're all, if the different groups who are training different ways have different, whether it's robes or sabers or whatever, I mean, that would be, I'm all in cool. on that. Yeah, that would be cool. And now you're mixing Harry Potter and Star Wars. I will say oh, that the so cool. saber building is, pro it is expensive, but it is probably the one thing that's worth the money at Galaxy. That's what I heard. So I heard that the the robot like getting like a droid was cool because I mean it's cool. Mm -hmm. However, I heard that the lightsaber experience is worth the money. Yeah, it's really worth it. Yeah. Okay. We got well, lucky when we piece. went to the cantina uh, that it was the end of the day and it was packed. It was completely packed. There was nowhere to sit. We got stuck at the end of the bar. It was me, my wife, her mother our three kids and the guy took was like hey i'm gonna make this fun for you there's no room for you here you're off <laughs> away from everything but we're gonna have a great time nice so like he was making drinks for the kids like you know joking oh, around with cool. them, showing them all the stuff you know letting them sample everything it was a really fun time alfie how many times yeah. have you ridden rise of the resistance once i only, only got once. to ride it once yeah you, oh. you could only ride it once okay Jack yeah. and I have neither you, one ridden it. Because you also teed that up as if he was about to like say some crazy I, high. I thought number. he was. Yeah, I, I assumed yeah. he would. He would say he he rode it a number of times. So no, uh, you could only ride it one time. 
when I was okay. there. We missed it the first day. And then the second day, my son and I just went to Galaxy's Edge alone. And you, you literally had to be there at six o'clock in the morning in the parking Oof. lot. You had to be inside the park. And when, I'm, I kid you not, within less than three minutes, the entire day was full. Wow. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hop in real quick, and I'm just going to say this. One, Jack, if you want to hang around for a little bit or for as long as you want, you're more than welcome to. We'd love to have you here. I don't want to force your hand, though. Yeah, I'm actually. I'm going to actually have my dinner now because I, yeah. I, I put it off because uh, obviously <laughs> with the stuff with Gracie and coming back and obviously wanting to no. jump on. But I so appreciate you guys letting me come and join you and just kind of geek out with you guys. That was uh, that's probably the the most fun on the podcast I've had. So thank you. <laughs> well, anytime, and can't wait to meet up with you again and and hang yeah, out. Yeah, that sounds great. And. Uh, Appreciate all you do, and thanks for being on. Really appreciate it, man. Oh, yeah, anytime. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Talk to you. Appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Thank you.